Today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com right now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. All you have to do is enter the code word GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 476. Of cognitive dissonance, Cecil, and uh, we spent the last couple of days studiously laughing at the, watching the debates, <laughs> which are a very serious thing, people. Very serious. God damn it. Absolutely. And then later on in the show, we're going to be covering part of the debates, and then we're going to be continuing on that conversation on our Patreon page. Um, so stick around, and we'll 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 talk a little bit of the, about the debates here. Um, some of us, we're going to talk a little bit about the structure here on the show, and then we'll talk about the candidates on our Patreon, but, uh, but stick around for that. I drive from coast to coast and the shit's flat to me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. That's I, the dumbest I, thing no, you've I ever just, said. I drive from it's Florida. It's the dumbest thing you've ever said. I drive from Florida to California all the time and it's 92. flat to me. So Cecil, this first story is from deadstate.org. Biblical flat earth society founder. Is charged. Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. Biblical Flat Earth Society, buddy, is charged with fifty-six counts of child exploitation. Oh, child exploitation in the sense isn't like having them build you a fence, is it? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not like running a cobbler right? like, out of your house. Like they're building shoes. I like it's like a Nike factory or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anything like that, is it? Uh, no, it's okay. child sexual oh, exploitation. Oh, sex It's what it always is. Oh, so. See, so the thing you're yeah. thinking that it always is, is what it is. Admittedly, that's a hard job too, though. Yeah. So. Uh, mm, <laughs> hard is the, okay. Is it a sweatshop? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> All right. So 40-year-old uh, Durham, North Carolina. Carolina? Mm, mm. Philip Stephen Stallings from North Carolina. Let's go there. 40-year-old. Yeah, sure. Um, he was arrested uh, facing dozens of Charles charges for sexually exploiting minors and for allegedly downloading media that involved minors engaged in sexual situations and then sharing it on social media platforms. He had child porn that he was sharing on social media platforms. Like, What's if the that sounds stupid... Yeah. It's because he's a biblical flat earther. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way somebody who is a biblical flat earther is going to engage in a crime and get away with it. Well, yeah, you got it. You already have to be bottom of the barrel to be a biblical flat earther at this right. point. <laughs> you know what is? Uh, let's talk about biblical flat yeah. earth for a second, because biblical flat earth to me, it's the one thing that makes sense. Biblical and flat earth, because if you're like a biblical literalist and you think the flood happened. The water just runs right off a globe, but it sits <laughs> on the plate for right, the flood. Right. So it makes sense. You know, like at least in your weird 
mindset, at least it makes sense. Biblical yeah. flat earth makes sense. Well, didn't, wouldn't it just like fall off the edges of the plate though? Wouldn't the world have to be like a like a shadow box with the lid off of it or something? <laughs> like, it's like a teacup. It's teacups all the way down, I think. I think it's teacups all the way down. So the, the flat earth, biblical flat earthers, um, those are idiots that think that the world is flat despite every possible piece of despite available evidence. GPS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Like, despite just like watch the Felix Baumgartner yeah, video. Yeah, like, just get like, yeah. okay, a million reasons yeah. why that's just literally the dumbest thing you can believe, except for the other dumbest thing you can believe, which is that the Bible is a true thing. Yeah. And so they actually believe yeah. that one begets the yeah. other, that like, that the Bible is is the reason to believe and their and their basis for belief in a flat earth is biblical. Is their biblical literalism sure. is like, yeah, well, I mean, they didn't fucking say it was a big, you know, obloid sphere or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, never mind that the Bible didn't say there's another hemisphere over yonder. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> the Bible didn't say it was round right. at all. <laughs> yeah. Also, follow that up with the fact that this guy shares like child pornography on social media. What kind of, what kind of emojis do you do to like it? Do you, do you put like a pacifier? Oh, like, you know, like a pacifier eggplant, pacifier egg. What the fuck? That's horrible. I got a You're pacifier eggplant, dirty diaper. That's weird. That's strange. I don't even know how I got caught. I sent it in messenger. So I it's like a, pri I created up a private group. Uh, and then in my, pro Jesus. Oh, Oh, um, idiot. That works never. I want to read part of this. It says Stallings is an ebook author that also has a YouTube channel where he covers topics such as feminism, transvestites, and women in the military. I mean, no. I think I think when you fill out to get a channel on YouTube, you have to be like, do you hate women? Yes. Have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we're gonna go ahead and start you with uh 60,000 downloads. That's yeah. the you hate women yeah. starter pack. Exactly. So go ahead and Oh, you're going to talk about trans things? Are you... Okay, yeah. That's the side. 80,000 80, standard. Uh, Do you dislike black people, maybe? Yeah. No, if you can just throw the N-word in there a few times, <laughs> yeah. we'll, you can get you to a solid million. Yeah, we'll rock you up yeah, to a million. Right. No worries. If you just like let somebody kick you in the nuts, you're at two and a half million, <laughs> and you can be America's funniest racist home videos, <laughs> which is like what YouTube has become. No shit, right? YouTube is like... Yeah. YouTube is like three things, as far as I, I, I can understand it, right? It's like music videos... How to tie a tie tutorials. That maybe sure. that's just for me. I yeah. don't know. How to tie a tie yeah. tutorials and like racist funny home videos. Yeah. That's like yeah. it. Yeah. Or and like shit that your kids watch and makes you want to kill yourself. Yeah. Like that. Well, my kids would watch the racist videos. But <laughs> that's I get why it. you want to kill yourself. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. We should not be subjecting um, kids' brains, especially, to that. And, you know, we make guinea pigs out of whole populations, and then we discover how many die. Holy shit. This story's from PBS.org, and there's, there's a couple of things about this that fucking blow my mind. So the title is, Smartphones Aren't Making Millennials Grow Horns. Okay. Here's how to spot a bad study. Okay. Now, the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because this got posted in a WAPO art. Yeah, it was Washington Post, yeah. Like, which, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I would have, I would have been like, oh, it's like on BuzzFeed or something, you know, or Bustle or, you know, yeah, some bullshit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. clickbaity nonsense. Yeah. It's like indiscriminate. Yeah, Daily you know. Mail. Right, yeah. yeah, fine. All right, whatever. But like, the Washington Post publishes it. Says, horns are growing on young people's skulls. Phone is to blame. Research 
suggests. Yeah. So, and this, and this, of course, then immediately phone use, phone, phone use. use. Yeah. Because that's an important part of this study, is that they never tested phone use. Yeah. Well, there's no horns growing yeah. on people. I like yeah. none of this. Yeah. No, like, and the PBS article is is really interesting and it's really important because the PBS article really sets out to do what it says it's going to do. It's like, here's how to stop, spot a bad study. Yeah. Like, here are the things to look for. Yeah. And this is like one of those moments where you have to say, you know, it's not enough to say, okay, Washington Post is a reputable source. Yeah. If the claim seems outlandish, and I swear to God, if you think that horns growing out of people's skulls because they look at their phone all day uh, isn't, like, if that doesn't strike an alarm bell for you yeah, yeah. in terms of maybe I should vet this, but it it is really something extraordinary to have PBS have to say, look, it's not enough to rely upon Washington Post or New York Times, like none of that. And it, yeah. now the source itself, you can't even go to big, you gotta, you gotta be able to get all the way back to the original material. Yeah. Uh, in Washington Post defense, there's an update that says, after publication of this story, concerns were raised about an undisclosed business venture of one of the researchers who works as a chiropractor. This story has been updated to reflect the questions about a possible conflict of interest involving his business. The journal that published the main study in question said it was investigating the concerns. The researchers say they are making minor changes to their paper, but stand by their work. So they did go back a little bit. And that's one of the pieces yeah. that is in this, in this article. But there's so many other pieces, right? The, the number one piece that they, that they say First off, it's chiropractor patients, right? So right. it's chiropractor patients is the first thing, which again, feels like it might be a flag. There's a flag there that pops up when you say, we tested a bunch of chiropractor patients. I know that they're looking at, at least they should be looking at data in this and not thinking about sort of what they're there for. Right. But there's there's something in it that feels a little disingenuous already. And then to talk about well, yeah. this in particular, it says the study doesn't actually measure cell phone usage. That's something that they, the, the article seems to claim and then doesn't even measure. Right. So you've got to look at these things a little more critically, and you've got to be able to look at, you know, like you said, these big organizations, news organizations, and say, is this study worthwhile? I don't know how good we're going to get at doing this, right? Yeah. Like, so there comes a point where I think our default mode has to be um, one of incredulity, right? We have to read things and say, you know, I, that doesn't that doesn't pass a basic test that jives with the reality of the world. Sure. So that goes in a pile called, I don't believe it till I research it later. Yeah. You can't just put in a pile of, well, I read it in this reputable source. Sure. So therefore it's true. And this like, I think scientific uh, reporting is particularly bad for this, right? And it's because um, science is fucking hard. And real science is hard and it's complicated. And oftentimes it's a moving target while yeah. research suggests things. And the reporting around science is often really irresponsible. They'll take uh, like small scale studies, initial studies, studies that are not even intending to show causation, and they'll report them as if it's new facts about how the world works. So the, the reporting around science, especially emerging science, is really, really irresponsible a lot of times. And a lot of times that reporting is done by people who don't have a solid grasp of the science that they're reporting on. So it's like you're reading a summary of somebody who read a summary of somebody who read the abstract. And it's like, um, I'm thinking of like, a, there's bigthink.com. You ever look at bigthink.com? Yeah, yeah. It's really bad for that kind of stuff. It's it's like, it's a bunch of like 
big clickbaity articles that are driven by really small suggestive studies about like what might be happening, you know, like, and they draw it out as if to say, this is now how the yeah. world works. Look at what we've found. Yeah. That's really problematic, man. Yeah. Well, they're talking about in this, in this particular study, they're saying like that they're, the people are developing some sort of bone spur. Right. Right. And it, and there's, they're calling it a horn and it's like a horn is not a bone spur. No. And like, like I realized that that might feel pedantic in some way, right? There's a, there's a, there's a feeling like, yeah, I understand, but you know, they're saying that they're developing some sort of protrusion because of this. And that's, I get what they're, what they right. mean, yeah, right? Yeah, so you right. might, might be like, there might be a little pushback there and be like, well, that's a little pedantic. But that's the point of a scientific article, right? Yeah. That's the point of a scientific article. If you don't push back on the little things, on the tiny things, if you don't get the tiny any of these tiny things right and you get a bunch of them wrong, it changes the whole article. It changes the yes. whole thing. Yes. And like, think about what the connotations around growing horns yeah, suggest. Absolutely, right? right? That's not accidental. Right. That terminology was that terminology is used specifically because it's it because it gets people excited, right? Yeah. Because it will create clicks, because it'll get people worked yeah. up. Yeah. Like a bone spur, there's a great thing in the PBS article it says using a horn to describe a bone spur is like saying your elbow is a fingernail. Yeah. Right? They're they're not even remotely close to one another. But if you say horn, it sounds evil, right? right. It sounds, it sounds horns and devil yep. and like yep. it associates phone use yep. with something bad. Or some kind of disfigurement, right? right? Like you're being disfigured by this thing. Right. You have a horn coming out of your head. Right. There's a horn coming out of your head because of the thing that you're doing. Right. And it's also self-inflicted in some ways, right? right? And really what the study is, is about the way in which people's heads move forward because of you know the way how much screen time we're right, having, right? right? So that's what it's set up for. Right. But it didn't even test screen time, it, right? It suggests that like there are bone spurs that are a result of postural changes because of looking down a lot. Yeah, right. And that may that may they, there's may a yeah, well be true, yeah. right? Like certainly, I think postural change very well might be a factor when it comes to like how we live our lives. Now. Sure. I, yeah. I don't see any reason why that might not be true. Yeah. It seems like it's, right? yeah, it seems perfectly reasonable. Right? And then maybe there's some small anatomy, but we're not growing horns. Yeah. Right. We're not growing, ah! like we're not like rhinos <laughs> yeah. or something. Like, right. Like what the fuck? I mean, it could be the rapture and we're all growing one horn. How many crowns? And then a couple crowns. Depends on the, you know, depends on the, on the creature and the head. You know, you get a crown. Do we have to share crowns, Cecil? Do you not have to share a fucking crown? No, it depends on how long our horns are. You know, well, if I'm Irish, like, my horn's not going to be yeah, that big. <laughs> it's going to be, it's depending on the weather. Or if I just got out of the pool, <laughs> it could be much smaller. It's always cold wherever I'm at. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> what I'm saying is the planet's on fucking fire. There are a lot of things we could do to put it out. Are any of them free? No, of course not. Nothing's free, you idiots. Grow the fuck up. Oh my God, this is why we can't have nice things. This is upsetting, and I want to read this exchange. Um, and I want to read this for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, I think it's incredibly important that reporters hold people this accountable, and I think the um, reporting is really good here. And I also think the exchange is just literally kind of unbelievable. So this is from CNN.com. Hi, so we're just gonna play the audio from CNN directly because Tom started doing voices and it got a little caliente at the end. Um, so here it is. Do you think human-induced climate emergency is a threat to the United States? Well, what, what I will tell you is that we'll always follow the science on that in this administration. The science says but what, but what it we, is. But what we won't do, and the clean power plan was all about that, 
was hamstringing uh, energy in this country, raising the costs of utility rates for working families across this country. But is it a threat? While other nations like China and India do absolutely nothing or make illusory promises decades down the road to deal with it. You know, the truth of the matter is with the advent of yeah. natural gas, with the natural gas explosion that's developing, with clean coal technology, we're seeing we're seeing a significant reduction but in is, carbon emissions all across this country. But is what people are calling a climate emergency, is it a threat? Do you think it's a threat? Man-made climate emergency is a threat. I, I think the answer to that is going to be based upon the science. Well, the science says yes. I'm well, asking you what you think. There's many in the science that... The science community debate, in your own administration uh, yeah. at NOAA, yeah, I got uh, at, the, at the DNI, they all say it's a I threat. Look, what the but president has said, what, what we've said is that we are not going to raise utility rates. Remember what President Obama said? But it's not a threat. He said he, said we, he had his, his climate change plan. He said it's necessarily going to cause utility rates to skyrocket, and that would force us into these green technologies. Now you got Democrats all running for president that are running on a Green New Deal that would break okay. this economy. So you don't think it's a threat is all I'm saying. You don't think it's a threat. I think we're making great progress reducing carbon emissions. America mm -hmm. has the cleanest air and water in the world. We'll continue to use it's market forces. We don't have the cleanest advance. air and water in the world. I, I we don't. I, according, I mean, I, I, you get back to me with some statistics. But we're, make, we're making progress on reducing carbon emissions. Mm -hmm. We're doing it through technology, through natural gas, through continuing to support as our administration. You just is. rolled back all these clean, these clean. Turn back coal. to nuclear energy, clean energy. The answer, though, is not to raise the utility rates okay. of millions of utility rate payers across the country. First of all. That's how it's done. Like, if you're a reporter, that's how it's fucking done. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to dodge it. No, no, no. I'm going to pin that shit down. We don't move on. We never move past this question. If you don't answer it, the whole interview is you didn't right. answer this question. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What I, what I, a couple things. One, I hate the name. I hate the title of this article. Absolutely hate it. P Mike Pence's unbelievable answer on whether climate change is a threat. That's not an unbelievable answer. What he did is not unbelievable in the least. Yeah. It's exactly what you would expect from Pence to do. Dodge the question, say he doesn't, say he believes the science, but then also demonstrably not believe the science. Yeah. That's what they've been doing for years. This is not a new thing. This isn't an unbelievable thing. Right. That's a clickbaity, shitty art, shitty statement. That's, that's fucking complete completely untrue. It's not unbelievable. I 100% believe that's what Pence would do. The other thing that I think is amazing, is amazing about this, is if you watch this clip and you hear what this guy has to say, he, he is constantly murmuring over Pence. He's like, the weird straight man in a comedy. And it's funny that he's the straight man and not Pence, but it's like, but like, mother, mother, can you tell them I'm not gay? A girl made me feel weird in my pants. So did a boy. I'm very confused right now. But, but he is the straight man. And he's just like, there's a guy in the background who's just kind of just mumbling these things like, yeah, but the science says it's true. Yeah, but I, it doesn't, doesn't make it's sense. Not the it's not what I said. I didn't I was, say it. But he constantly, yeah. he's just sort of like saying it right. like, like in a very low tone to be like, yeah, but I didn't say that. It's not, I'm not asking that. No, that's not, no, stop. You know, like, yeah, and, it's, right. and it's awesome. It's perfect. And it's, and it, and the way it plays, it's not only comedic, but it also just shows how, how much he's getting off task on this question. And it's perfect for it. I think that's a perfect way to yeah. deal with it. Every reporter needs to only ask, like the first reporter that asks a question, every other reporter, if it gets dodged, has to, should just ask the ask same, same question. question. Yeah. 
Mike Pence, Anderson Cooper, were they older brother, younger brother, you think? <laughs> what do you think? I think it's like good milkshake, bad milkshake, right? Like some twins. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Danny DeVito in that case? Mike Pence. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. You know, I think uh, our grandchildren are going to be so happy that we spent today working hard in this heat, That's right. building a fence mm -hmm. so that they can have white people busting their tables one day. That's right. You know? Uh, it's from NPR. People are trying to donate to detained migrants. Border Patrol won't accept it. So, yeah, I thought this story was important because a, a group of lawyers um, examined or, or went to the some of the detention centers. And they found that, you know, the children and the families that were being held there didn't have access to basic supplies. So they didn't have access to toothpaste, shampoo, uh, regular showers, diapers, you know, like... The things that make hygiene a thing that prevent disease that are like the basic necessities of modern yeah. first world life, right? right? I recognize that much of the world doesn't have that. So they, they don't have this. They, they just don't have it. They're running out. They're running low. So a, a group of people say, well, you know, all right, fine. We'll, we'll round this shit up and we'll bring it to them. And they went to a border guard and they're like, all right, well, we got, you know, boxes of toothpaste just like... We want to make sure people can brush their teeth. Like, we're not talking about smuggling in fucking files and things. Right. And they're like, no, we have, there's no mechanism for you to bring that stuff in. And I do want to acknowledge that, like, you, you do have a security situation. I get which that. I, I, I get I, that. It's a bullshit, right? So, but they have an obligation to a security system or a security situation. They want to make sure that, like, there's nothing hidden in there. You know, there's nobody moving you know, any contraband of any kind into the system. But if you're not going to provide for these people, then you have to have a mechanism that, that allows for concerned citizens to say, when the government kidnaps somebody, I'll give them yeah, some toothpaste. I'll help, I'll help that person right. out yeah, some way. You know, don't these people fucking love charities though? Like, isn't that like their yeah, solution right. for everything yeah. is that, well, I shouldn't have to give them health care. Well, they should just be a charity for that. I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to make that, you know, people fucking uh have food. I shouldn't do that. I fucking I want to just have a charity that does that. They fucking love charities. They don't ever want governments to do anything. So when somebody shows up with this fucking toothpaste in a bucket, they should be like, you know what? We we normally fucking love charities. We should fucking love on this. And I understand if it's a security concern, if that's the case, then let's collect money and you buy it. Let's, let's instead of them bringing you a bucket yeah, of toothpaste, right. say, here's a GoFundMe page or whatever, a yeah. government page where we just decide to donate a little extra money. And then you promise to send those funds and go use those funds for toothpaste and fucking soap and towels and a fucking bed for these people. Yeah. That's what you should do. Because if you're afraid that we're going to bring in stuff that's fucking going to be like tainted or it's going to hurt. Like there's going to be a nail file secreted in there. So right. fucking two-year-old's going to saw to their own cage with it. <laughs> if that's what you're so worried about, then why don't you buy it? Buy it from your supplier. We'll supply the money. Yeah. There's a solution to this. It's fucking easy. Yeah. Well, the, the solution is like, if you take people in and you detain them, you have a responsibility yeah. to their safety yeah. and fucking well-being and their goddamn upkeep as human beings. But I think Cecil, the problem is that charity is for people. I right? guess that's true. Yeah. Charity is for yeah. people. I guess that's true, right? And if you dehumanize them, then you don't have to, you know, you don't it's have like, to worry. Oh, yeah, fuck that. You don't have to worry. Can you imagine how bad, if the toothpaste situation is this bad, can you imagine how bad the feminine hygiene situation oh, is? Yeah. The tampon situation? Sure. Like, 
that's like already like homeless shelters and whatever. Like I've, I've heard that that's like one of the most commonly sought after uh, needs for homeless shelters and for other, because it's just not as often donated as, as many right. other things. Right. Right? Makes sense. Makes so sense. Can you imagine in these detention centers, how bad things are for the, for the young ladies, the women that, that need, you know, access to just basic feminine fucking hygiene. We're so fucking misogynist already. Yeah. yeah. And then we're dehumanizing a group. I, it's just, what a tragedy. This is a tragedy we should be ashamed of. You know, what is nuts about this is that over the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk about these being, um, are these concentration camps. That's the, that's the, the language that some people right. are using is saying this, these are concentration camps. And they, they, they fit the definition. You are taking a group of people and concentrating them in one space. It makes sense, right? It makes sense. But how we treat these people reflects on us. Mm -hmm. It is an absolute reflection on the American people. Someone shows that you're up at your border, a refugee, someone seeking asylum, someone who is um, fleeing violence, someone who is just trying to get away from a place that they know is bad because- Trust me, these people aren't showing up. You know, they're not putting their 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 child on their back, traveling far for uh you know for something that they don't think is going to be a better thing for that right. child. There's no way they're not going to do that, right? They they are in a situation that sucks, and being in care f under these under these conditions is just as bad as where they were. We are how we treat these people reflects on us, <clears throat> and it's an absolute. It's, it's abhorrent to me that we are treating these people inhumanely. These are just, these are human beings that need to be taken care of. We, we are a, a wealthy nation that could easily take care of them. There, we have no, we yep. would have no issue doing it. When, when in our history, we look back and we see all the people that like wagon trailed their way across America, you know, during the gold rush, et cetera. They were heroes. We look back yeah. at them, and that was heroic. Yeah. Right? It was heroic to cross this untamed land and, you know, settle the West. That's, like, part of our mythos. Like, we're like, we fucking jerk that shit off oh, yeah. all day and twice yeah, on yeah. Sunday. But when somebody, you know, packs a bag and walks, walks from Honduras yeah. across Central America through Mexico and up to the border, they're criminals. Yeah. When we go from... Pittsburgh to Oregon, they're heroes. And it's because we're liars. Yeah. So that's the only, yeah. that's the reason. Sure. It's because we're liars. They all wanted the same thing. They were seeking a better life. They were seeking greater opportunity. They were seeking something for their family. Nobody walks across thousands of miles of danger because everything was fine where they were at. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe Lewis and Clark did it, right? But yeah. like, I'm talking about families sure. and regular people. Sure. Yeah. Like, it's just not there's, a thing. There's no reason to leave. Right. If it's not dangerous, like if you can survive and you're going to be okay, why leave? Yeah. There's, think about how many people are at our border and then think about how populous those nations are, right? If it was just that everybody just was like, yeah, I just want to go to America. Why wouldn't there be more people? Why right. wouldn't it be the entire population of Mexico? It's because many people down there are living just fine. They're living, they're enjoying their life. They love where they are. And there's some people that are being uh, harassed by gangs, intimidated. Their lives are in danger. Those are the people who are coming here. It's a real, I mean, it's simple math. 
Like, look at the numbers of people that are showing up. It's not that everybody's banging down our door. It's not that they, we have to shoot 100,000 Mexicans every day because they're trying to bounce <laughs> into our nation. Well, yeah, we don't have that problem with Canada. Yeah. Right? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. You don't have that, you don't have that issue with Canada. If you put, if you had a collection in cages, Cecil, of just people from south of the border that all had ADHD, would they be non-concentration camps? <laughs> They're all getting Adderall. Could so they you ever have a concentration camp of just people with ADHD? They're just <laughs> they're all fidgeting. <laughs> they can't do it no matter what. They just forget where they're at all the time. <laughs> just like leaving their shit everywhere. Just <laughs> it is stuff. Oh my god! We killed all these guys in a forgetful camp. What the? <laughs> Never forget it says. Oh, yeah. that's just ironic. <laughs> That's <laughs> Somebody write that down. <laughs> Who here is tired of illegal space aliens taking our good Earth jobs? Yeah! Me too. I promise to cut taxes for the rich and use the poor as a cheap source of teeth for aquarium gravel. Yeah, that'll show those poor. Why are you cheering, Fry? You're not rich. True, but someday I might be rich. And then people like me better watch their step. This is from CNBC. This is how much it costs to detain an immigrant in the United States. So remember, guys, part of the argument here is that the immigrants are expensive. Yeah. They're taking your jobs. You have to give them something once in a while. I don't even know right, how that right. argument yeah, works. I don't, I don't know how it like, works either. I don't know. All right. So, but you know, when you when you gather them together in a pot or a murder or a collective or whatever it is when you put it's definitely in a pot not a pot we don't want it to melt Tom. <laughs> so it's definitely not a pot it was like a herd of guatemalans yeah, i don't like know <laughs> how that i don't know anyway so um according to ice's fiscal year 2018 budget on average it costs 133 dollars and 99 cents a day to maintain one adult detention bed but immigrant groups immigration groups have pegged the number closer to 200 dollars a day but the cost to maintain a family bed, which keeps mothers and children together in a family residential center, now we're up to $319 a day. And as of April, children that have been separated from their parents with much higher frequency, um, this has led to the creation of tent cities to hold thousands of separated children. So when you take the children away from their families, now all of a sudden what happens is the state takes on the entirety of the burden for their care. The so, state has to be parents. Right. Yeah. So the parents can't do that anymore. Well, that's more expensive, right? Yeah. So it now costs for these kids to take care of these kids. Those beds cost $775 per person per night. You could stay somewhere really nice for $775. You could pay a nanny to neglect your kids for that. I'd pay a nanny a lot less than that. Yeah. Don't let her listen to this show. Yeah. Like today, $775 yeah. a night. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And you know, here's the thing: I don't care that it costs that much money. I'm willing to pay taxes to make sure that those kids get good care. But that $775, is that going to put them in fucking rabbit cages? Is that what that's going for? Well, I mean, is that what, yeah. like, is, is it going for the, the you know, the shitty conditions that they're living in, the not being taken care of? Is that what that's going for? Is it, the, is it going for the per that kid who died of dehydration? Is that going for that? Because my God, man, that is the worst spending of money since buying a million dollar toilet seat in the fucking 80s or whatever. You can seriously send them all to an all-inclusive vacation yeah. for less than $7.75 yep. Yep. a night. Yep. Like, 
like 775 a night is crazy. And like one of the things that you look at is the 775 is when they're separated from their parents. Yeah. It's cheaper to keep them together. The reason to separate them is not an economic argument. No. There's no economic argument for this. There's no like, yeah. there's no argument where you can say that this is uh, kind. This is just a cruelty. Yeah. The whole purpose of this is to make this as unpalatable as possible yeah. for the migrants who are coming over in an attempt to scare other migrants away from attempting to come here. Why Pence did it. And or not are, Pence, um, what is his name? Trump? That, no, that fucking guy was the the skeleton who used to be the uh, the uh, the attorney, the U.S. attorney. What was the guy's name? Yeah, it was fucking Sessions was the one who came up with that idea to fucking do that to, to, to deter other people from showing up. Right. I will separate you from your fucking family and I will make sure that other people see it so that they don't fucking show up. He's the one who fucking orchestrated all that and he yep. said he did it out fucking loud. Yep. There's no question about it and we're paying an incredible amount of money for the privilege of being cruel to children in order to scare other yeah. scared people. We're trying to scare people who are already scared. Yeah, yeah. You're like, they think about that. That's, that's like, stacking a fucking boogeyman on another boogeyman, right? That's yeah. like, it's putting like a fucking Trump mask on your boogeyman. So when he pops up out of the bed at night, he's even weirder looking. <laughs> Knew it was you kids all along. <laughs> you know, the other thing I want to touch on about Pence, or not Pence, I keep saying Pence, but they're fucking basically interchangeable, Sessions and Pence. But the other thing fucking about Sessions, he did that shit and he said all that stuff and he went on the, I talked about the border he did it with a biblical backing. Yeah. He did it rooted in faith. He did it quoting the fucking Bible, that horrible shitty book that people fucking base their fucking lives on. He found passages that made it so this was okay. That is a fucking, that's enough of a reason. Yeah. That's enough of a reason to fucking throw that book out right there. Because if you can just dig in there and be like, yeah, I can be horrible to people. It says here on page seven. Right. Fucking throw it away. Have you ever had a dreams that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. So this story is from Bustle. I just thought this was incredible. Highlights magazine. Family separation statement is an urgent call to action. So, Highlights Magazine, remember this from like the dentist's yeah, office when, when you were a kid? kid? Yeah, I remember it. It's got like a word jumble. Like yeah. my kids get sure. Highlights Magazine. They you don't do anything with them and I throw them away. You connect the dots and you put the kid in the cage. Is right. that how this works? <laughs> <laughs> It's really easy, Dad. I finished this in no time. I, I read this story and I was like, when fucking Highlights Magazine gets political, what is going on? What the fuck has happened in the world? Yeah. How bad have things gotten yeah. when goddamn Highlights Magazine is like, all right, we got a stance on this. Yeah. Let's throw Your a fucking lasso like, around yeah, this motherfucker. What is happening? Yeah. Is Dora the Explorer going to come out next with her? <laughs> She's going to be me too <laughs> Somebody, Dora explored her. What? Dora the Explorer? Come on, explored her? Explored her. That's funny. Uh, Dora the Explorer would have gotten fucking deported, though. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> I guess that's true. All right, so here's the statement. Let's go ahead and read. I'm going to read the statement from Highlights Magazine. Highlights stands up for immigrant children. Should be it's so unnecessary right now. 
Uh, and I love in the corner, like the logo highlights for children. I know. Yeah. Like, I just says can't it right stop. There. I can't. As a company that helps children become their best selves, curious, creative, caring, confident, engaged, we want kids. <laughs> I mean, okay, I had the cage stuff, but it had he added confident too. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want him confident. <laughs> we want kids to understand the importance of having moral courage. Moral courage means standing up for what we believe is right, honest, and ethical, even when it is hard. Our company's core belief, stated each month in Highlight Magazine, is that children are the world's most important people, which isn't true, That's but it's very true. nice. It's not true. This is a belief about all children. With this core belief in our minds and hearts, we denounce the practice of separating immigrant children from their families and urge our government to cease this activity, which is unconscionable and causes irreparable damage to young lives. This is not a political statement about immigration policy. This is a statement about human decency, plain and simple. This is a plea for recognition that these are not simply the children of strangers for whom others are accountable. This is an appeal to elevate the inalienable right of all children to feel safe and to have the opportunity to become their best selves. We invite you, regardless of your political leanings, to join us in speaking out against family separation and a call for more humane treatment of immigrant children currently being held in detention facilities. Write, call, or email your government representatives. Let our children draw strength and inspiration from our collective display of moral courage. They are watching. I, I just am, again. I'm just in awe that a child's magazine yeah. has to be like, okay, all right. Look, yeah. I mean, I can't keep putting a fucking word jumble out every week after week after week yeah. until we fix the concentration camp problem for babies. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We got, we got a we have a toddler concentration camp problem. I don't feel like putting out my lighthearted magazine this week. Well, you know, I think that. The best part about this is, is that it probably this is probably a magazine because it's so milk toast yeah. that reaches all kids. It's yeah. not just reaching Democrat kids, right. right? Who probably their parents love them more than conservative kids. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, right, there's a chance that it's reaching conservative right. kids too, yeah. and they get you know the, this is going to be in there. Yeah, you know, I don't know, I don't know what age group that you know like this is for. So I don't know how well a child would be able to understand this, but, you know, hopefully the parent sees it yeah. and understands it and thinks, you know, maybe it'll make someone change their mind. I know that, you know, just reading something might not work, but if you see that the thing that you give your kid that they like every week, you know, is, yeah. is something that they, that they enjoy and you respected this piece. Now maybe you think, oh, well, that's, you know, Maybe they have something to say about this. Maybe there's something interesting here to, to think about. Some some way to change my mind, I guess. Yeah, you, know? you know this fucking magazine goes to no step on snack houses. Like, it goes everywhere. Yeah, for it sure. It goes everywhere. For sure. So, Tom, right now, our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. And, and AdamandEve.com, I just want to mention, if you like to fuck. If you don't. Really? Yeah. But if you like huh. to fuck and yeah. you like to get fucked, AdamandEve.com is a great sponsor for this show because they provide oils and lubes and things to fuck with and things to get fucked with and things to put on stuff and things to put under stuff <laughs> things to put around stuff i mean you basically could pack that shit in airtight wherever you want <laughs> and the nice thing is with the uh code glory at checkout you won't get fucked on the price. exactly because <laughs> you get 50 percent off almost any item at adamandeve.com you get a ton of free gifts you get free dvds or something for you something for her Something for both of you guys. No sex swing right now. Yeah, no sex, no sex swing. swing. But free shipping. Free so shipping. We get to swing it out to you that way. <laughs> Instead, you get free. All you have to do is enter Gloria at checkout. You'll get all that stuff 
and fucking has never been so fun. This argument again, this is this is like the last refuge from the worst misogynist when it comes to sexual assault claims. Absolutely. Right wing watch. Uh, these women are unattractive. Bill Mitchell and Karen Turk dismiss latest sexual assault allegations against Trump. All right. This is from Bill's uh, show. He's got a, a very animated woman on who's going to tell you that everybody but her is ugly. <laughs> it's so obvious and so transparent to so many of us, especially, I think, especially women, that these stories really hold no credibility. It's unbelievable. But we live in such a litigious society. This not only happens to our president, this happens to other American businessmen every day. It happens. There's like a war on white men in this country. And <laughs> there's a war on white men in this country. We are winning. I'll tell you what. Jesus if there's Christ. a war, we're yeah. fucking. We're like. Yeah. We're like the fucking. We're like Israel when they're all like, "We're coming to get you." And Israel's like, "Oh, oh." Uh, I got the better part of a week that says I'm yeah. going to fucking knock you guys the fuck out. It's like playing fucking Call of Duty on God mode. <laughs> like, yeah, like nothing can hurt me. Yeah. Very little can hurt me. I basically start out way, way, way ahead of everybody else. Cool story. Right. Unfortunately, it's being perpetuated by these leftist women that have books to sell and have a financial agenda. And I love that, that that criticism is leveled by somebody who's a YouTube celebrity, right? It's like... And they, this is, they have a financial agenda. It's like you have a financial agenda to be heard, to yeah. have an audience, yeah. to have something to push yeah. against, to be a provocateur. Yeah. Like a financial info, I just want to put out there, like the fact that somebody makes money does not change whether something happened. Yeah. Like it, it just doesn't. Like many, many people use their life experiences. David Sedaris yeah. has sold up teen drillion books, right? talking about his life and his family. Like, it doesn't change the truth of something just because something is leveraged. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't. They have yeah. these lawyers that prey on them that will just go forward with it, and it's all about making money and gaining fame. That's all this is about. There's zero credibility to this woman's story. I'll put Yeah, because look at all those, like, rape survivors who've, like, come out in the public and the, the wonderful fame yeah. that they receive. Yeah. The, the adoration of the world... Yeah that the Anita Hills have managed to stack yeah, up, right? Like, right. Isn't she man. like a judge on American Ninja Warrior or something like that? Like, what does she do now? Yeah, she's like super famous. American God. Idol, I think. Yeah, that, yeah right. she's on The Voice. Oh my God. Yeah. How many How many women have just like really come out yeah. so far ahead <laughs> as a result? They need a new being... show. They God. need Raping with the Stars. <laughs> I think that's what they need. It's like, it's like everything. What's his head? Howard Weinstein produced. Yeah, Weinstein produced. Yeah. Raping with the Stars yeah, production. <laughs> Funny on it any day of the week, just like so many of them have come out before. And it's really a shame because you know who this hurts? This hurts real victims. Right. You don't care about victims. If you're, if you're saying uh, that, that women who say that they were raped is hurting other victims... You, you don't care about, you don't just genuinely don't care about victims. Yeah, like what are people supposed to do? There's not, there, is she, is she advocating silence for victims? I guess. I don't know. A certain kind of silence well, think, or a certain kind yeah, of advocacy for she, yourself. What she's, what she's saying is, is that anybody who I says is a, who I say is a liar is a liar. That's what she's right. saying. Yeah. She's saying, I get to decide who's lying about sexual assault and those people are bad. That's what she's saying. And she's going to choose this woman. This hurts real victims of rape. This hurts real women. This hurts women who have a story to tell. 
because then people don't listen to them and people don't- Well, you're just, you're, that's exactly what you're not doing. This woman has a story to tell and you're not listening to her. Well, it's not the story she wants to yeah. hear. Yeah. Like I, it hurts people when I don't like it. Yeah. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it. Take it seriously. And you wanted to know if any of these women gave one iota, one, one even ounce to care about other women, they wouldn't come out with these stories because they would care about the women that they're hurting and it hurts. They women. would be quiet about being raped. Just shh, yeah. just let it happen. Oh, Wait, no, no. <laughs> That's the whole problem. <laughs> That's the whole problem. <laughs> Real victims. And it infuriates me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a <clears throat> terrible one. You know, I don't understand what the Democrats, you know, strategy uh, because you would think if they wanted to come out with a woman who apparently, supposedly, Donald Trump had had you know was aggressive with sexually something like that, they would pick a woman that you would say, okay, you know, that's believable. Like an attract, and an attractive woman is that where you're going attractive, with this bill? Yeah, yeah, right. I don't want to sound sexist by saying this, but you know, well, and, I'm going to say. Literally one of the most sexist possible things. <laughs> Too late, Bill. <laughs> Look, I don't want to sound sexist. I'm just saying that um, everything yeah. that I'm going to say <laughs> is the most sexist thing. Wait a minute. Let me get a shovel and keep digging. Let me just say uh, that Dr. Brett Kavanaugh, one out of 10 wouldn't bang. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what he's saying, yeah. right? That's essentially what he's saying. He's saying, like, I wouldn't bang that girl, so... That's okay. I love I love the idea that the 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 reason this didn't happen is I don't find her attractive. Right. Yeah. Right. Because only 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 women I find attractive are the women that are sexually assaulted. As if sexual assault is something that only happens to attractive women. As yeah. if in in most cases it's as if sexual desire is even the thing which drives sexual assault. Yeah, right. Right. And not a desire to use sexuality to bully, harass, intimidate, yeah. coerce violate, punish, you know, and, and act violently against somebody else. Like, it's not a, it's not like a, nobody like harasses, I don't say nobody, but like people are not like only harassing women that are fucking tens, yeah. right? Like that is a, that is a problematic, um, purposeful retelling of, of the truth by people who want to deny that these things happen, right? What they want to do is be able to deny the ninety percent of women out there who get who who are sexually assaulted that aren't pretty enough, right? And that, how fucking incredibly insulting is that to the people that do get assaulted? Like, oh, you, like you have to be in this certain fucking category of believability yeah. as if you deserve. And then if you're attractive, I was going to say, yeah. you then deserve you it. deserve it because you've, you've created yeah. a no win yeah. situation. Exactly. Yeah. In in category A, you're you're attractive enough to deserve to be raped or assaulted. So it's and your in, fault. So it's your fault, right? And in category B, you are like Sargon. I wouldn't even rape you. That's yeah. that's the argument right now. We're falling onto the Sargon argument. What is happening? What is know. happening? This is know. all wrong everywhere. I don't know, man. Oh, like in the Kavanaugh here and stuff like that. You look at them and it's like. You know, and you saw pictures of her when she was a teenager, and I was like, it doesn't seem plausible to me. I wouldn't even rape you. I wouldn't even rape you. That's what he said it without tweeting it. Right. Yeah. I don't even care anymore. I don't even want to be politically correct on this topic anymore because I just don't care. These women are unattractive. Let's just call it for what it is. But you know what? Bill Clinton had no problem with unattractive women. So I guess the Democrats just know no different. What the fuck? What? Democrats will fuck anything, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, Bill Clinton, you know, here's the thing about Bill Clinton. If you hold its head, he'll fuck it. I don't care what it is. Anything warm and wet, I'm just telling you. That's how a Democrat works. a fucking llama. He would fuck that thing. I'll tell you what. 
Yeah. Us Republicans, yeah. we only rape hot ladies. <laughs> That's because we got the moral high ground. So we only rape hot ladies. I don't oh even. My God. What is even happening? What is going what on? What is even happening in you, the can world? Can you hear you? <laughs> we can hear you. I, you I, saw Monica Lewinsky, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> asshole. Oh my God. He sticks a stick in Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> What an asshole. Where's the worst Jesus. person? Oh, she's terrible. They're, they're, oh, they're, they're the both. worst. They're both the worst. Hillary's in the creepy, weird, sick stuff, man. She sleeps in the same room with that creepy, weird woman whose mother wears a hood over her head. That woman number one is ugly. Imagine that bad. The story is also from Right Wing Watch. This is Big League Politics. Patrick Howley says, <laughs> this "I'm is, trying to get the face slap on on the mic so we could just be like, it's my me slapping my own face. Like, <laughs> yeah, that sounded good. Actually, <laughs> do it again. No, I'm okay. <laughs> Wait, it's, it's, my it's wife's not. gonna wonder why I have a mark. <laughs> <laughs> I know she won't. Uh, uh, but Big League Politics. Patrick Howley says it's very clear that Hillary Clinton." is a Satanist. Uh, Hillary Clinton, by the way, in case you were wondering, not the president. Also, why are we still talking about this? Is Hillary running this time? I, <laughs> <laughs> Was she in the far, far back of all the debates being like, hey, guys! <laughs> right. Okay, so Patrick Howley has uh, got Ann Vandersteel. I, 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 I think he's on, oh, he's on, he's on the Steel Truth. The Steel Truth? What the does that mean? Steel Truth. Steel. This truth is... Metallic. I will hard. say she has the fucking most fucking butch fucking logo I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. There is a religion called Satanism, and the, that religion, which practices witchcraft, isn't that Wiccan? I don't know. I love. I love these guys. They're like, okay, so Satanism practices witchcraft. Witches practice Satanism. Practice witch. Fuck! Oh, I'm stuck in a circle. I'm stuck in another circle. No, wait, it's a pentagram. I'm yeah, stuck in a pentagram. A, oh, God, I can't get out. Someone chalk around me. <laughs> I love these guys, too, because, like, they, you know, when they're talking about, first off, they they have this idea that there's a Satanism, right? That, and the yeah. Satanism isn't just, we're going to build a big, dumb statue to make you feel stupid. Like, that's <laughs> right. not, that's, it's not that Satanism. Right. It's, like, we really genuinely worship the devil and we're going to be like, ah, I'm going to fucking sacrifice a fucking goat or whatever you're going right. to do. Leaves, due to the teachings of Aleister Crowley, that their spells and their summoning of demons... couple weeks in, uh, maybe three weeks in Citation Needed, we're going to be doing Aleister Crowley. It's going to be good. Yeah, a couple, three. Uh, we haven't recorded it yet, so... From hell is enhanced by child molestation and child sacrifice and human sacrifice, but especially of children. And that is a fact. Yeah, that's, wait, child that's, sacrifice that's especially of children? I mean, can it be a tween sacrifice? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> the spells are enhanced? Like, is it required? Like, how do you enhance getting a demon? I don't know. You, yeah, do you get like binary? a bigger one? He's like, shows up, he's kissing his right. muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Which way to the gun show? <laughs> you just get like some fucking puss ass demon because you didn't fuck a kid. Demon shows up and it's like, all like weak. And she's like, 
like a it's Ted, Ted Cruz demon. demon. <laughs> I'm here to do your bidding. It's not as warm up here. Do you have a wrap? <laughs> I brought some fleece slippers <laughs> for me to put my, I'll make your bed. That's about all I can do. I'm just like a bed demon. I'm a little parched. If you bring me some water, I'll wet their bed for them. <laughs> it's like an annoyance demon. It just, it just like makes your glass of water a little warm. <laughs> it's just like every time you cough, you get like that, like dust tickle in yeah, the back exactly. of your throat. You're like, oh. Oh, I so, so summoned an annoyance. That ah. was me. Ah, I hate that feel. It just takes so long to go away. Ah. He like makes the inside of your car, your car windows fog up when you drive. <laughs> so you can't get them undone. And then he makes the outside fog up at the same time. So your defrosters don't work and you got to keep your wipers running on a like summer night in, in the middle of fucking Chicago. Cause the Chicago can't figure out what temperature, what temperature it is. It is. Yeah. He makes sure like a really big person sits next to you on the airplane. It's just like, oh, God, international and everything. He sets your thermostat so it goes up four degrees after you go to sleep and you wake up with the covers on the ground and be like, why is it so hot in here? That was me. <laughs> He's like the whammy from like, you know, like yeah, the whammy the from like, yeah. like, it's just a little annoying. Just, God, yeah. it's just a little annoying. Like run out of paper, yeah. like one page from printing that document. Just like, Oh, get just fucking one page. Could have set this whole thing to print on both sides. I didn't even know. Close the passport office five minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's. Uh, that's a fact of our world. Oh, yeah. A, it is. It's there we go. I'm a, glad. I'm glad we've established the facts. Thank that's you. That's a fact of our world. So now that I've established that, I'll move on into crazy town. Let me tell you, this guy has gotten a, like in a severe amount of wedgies in his <laughs> life. That's all I'm saying. Conspiracy theory, but, but it, it's something that we have to confront. Who did, were there names, were there people named as Satanists during this trial, specific names besides Keith Ranieri? Well, it's pretty clear that Claire Bronfman was uh, as well. Um, uh, Keith Ranieri definitely was a Satanist. Um, the cult itself was described as Luciferian. So they're discussing a guilty verdict in a sex the, cult. The leader. Nexium cult? Yeah. So, so if you guys aren't familiar with the Nexium cult, Nexium is a. Um, was like one of those business self-help groups. Um, it was based out of Buffalo, New York. And Keith Raniere is the charismatic leader of Nexium. He's on trial right now for um, everything, virtually everything yeah, like yeah. right now. Um, but basically like the, the claim is that he ran a uh, sex cult um, and that women were forced into a kind of sexual servitude as a result um, of his... Structure. He basically likes weird multi-level marketing with banging. Yeah. And like the women like were branding each other and it was like a whole. Yeah. I remember hearing thing. about this. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's pretty obvious. So yeah. does that mean, I mean, can we extrapolate then that Hillary Clinton, who took illegal campaign finance from the Nexium sex cult is as a Satanist? Does that make her a Satanist because she was taking money illegally from? I don't know. Does it make Donald Trump a Russian? <laughs> <laughs> so like I love the idea that like if you take money from a group you're now part of that group yeah right right it's just like well like if I, if I took money from a Christian like do I now believe in Christianity like as if the yeah. political candidates don't get money from like a host of different religious and organizations it's, and it's not that I disagree that you should pay attention to where you're getting your money from it's not that oh, I right. disagree with that right. it's not that I disagree with that but I think to to um 
the problem is, is that this isn't a, this isn't a widely known thing until now. It's not that this has been known and was known for a long time. And while they were, you know, on trial, they sent her a check. They right. sent her a check years ago and she had no idea what was going on there. Right. right? Because and there was no reason to know. They looked like a business. Exactly. They look like a business. And now everything's coming out that it's not a business, that it's, right. you know, it's a cult. It's a weird, crazy thing that's happening, right? Now it's coming out. But the idea that now we're going to, we're just going to project knowledge today on what, you know, she clearly knew it in the past. Right. And that's just bullshit. That's a bullshit way to think. Yeah. And you got to figure like a presidential candidate probably gets contributions from literally thousands and thousands. I don't even know if that's true, right? I and I also don't even know if it's true. I, mean, I didn't look into it. I don't know even know if she even took Oh, if money. she took, yeah. But even, I don't even know, but I'm a presuming yeah, it right, is, right? Yeah. I'm presuming it is. From uh, a, a group that was bundling money illegally and uh, donating to Hillary Clinton. Well, I believe 100% that if you look at what the Clinton Foundation was doing in Haiti, if you look at the spirit cooking emails, which Hillary Clinton tried so hard to to hide from, um, if you look at uh, various things she said dating back years, she is part of what, and, and when you start- Yeah, like is one of those things I rape and eat children's faces? If that's one of those things, then yeah, maybe I believe you. But if it's just like, I'd like to change foreign policy and you think it means I eat babies' faces, then you're the crazy one. Well, I don't know. If you ask fucking Nine Fingers Croak and there's a video out there. Oh yeah, there is supposed to be a video. And it's going to come out any day now. Very soon. I think soon. we covered that story a year ago. Very soon. Very right. soon. But She's gonna, any moment. She's going to release it. She's going right to use about. her little nub to press the release button. Well, that was probably the problem is that uh, that was her, that's her button pressing. She can't type in the right finger? password anymore. She's like, uh, yeah, she keeps on hitting the wrong yeah. button. Uh, uh, no, fuck. Uh, I, I'm locked out of the okay, system. Where's LastPass at? God, you know what? I said, I never should have used the fingerprint sensor. That's <laughs> <laughs> my only way to get in. Biometrics. <laughs> I was foiled by my own <laughs> lack of biometrics. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so funny? She goes to open her phone. She's like, she's, like, she's oh, rubbing her nub on fucker. it. She just keeps rubbing her nub on it. <laughs> or she just pockets the pieces. Uh, and just rubs them like a lucky uh, rabbit foot. <laughs> just <laughs> these terms like the Illuminati or the New World Order. I mean, these are actual terms that are used in these circles. Um, and people on the internet. Yeah, well, when? When did fucking Hillary Clinton say out loud anywhere where she was recorded that she believes or fucking follows the Illuminati? Yeah, I am part of the Illuminati. If she said that and didn't go, yeah, right. that's crazy, yeah. you're nuts. Yeah. Yeah, then maybe I would listen to that. Also, there would have to be an Illuminati. So just play the tape, right? You're right. saying that it happened. Play the tape of it. Yeah. Play the tape of her at her fucking like spirit cooking dinner where she's charging a child a plate or whatever. Just <laughs> <laughs> play that tape. Right. I do not understand that. It, it's very clear to me that she is a Satanist. Um, it, obvious. I mean, I, I was the lead Hillary Clinton reporter for Breitbart during the election. I reported on her brain injury. I reported on various things that Emails. I, lo I love the idea that you're going to say I was the lead reporter at Breitbart as if that's going to give yeah, right. you credibility. Yeah. There's your cred, bro. Hang on a minute. I yeah. I was the lead reporter at an internet magazine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. So a place where you can write anything by hitting publish? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's I'm a published author. Yeah. You see, I hit publish on WordPress <laughs> and then it was it's completely published. Visible. Yeah. Hey. Candle. And it was very, very clear to me that she was a Satanist. John Podesta is a Satanist. And I believe George Soros as well as a Satan. Oh, good. I'm glad you uh, believe it. That's awesome. I'm, I, I'm glad we all believe things. The usual suspects are all Satanists. Yeah. Anyone I don't like and is powerful and scares me yeah. is a Satanist. I've, I've heard a lot of plans here tonight. And if we, 
We think plans are going to be Donald Trump. We got another thing coming. My plan is to gather all the sage in America and burn it. My plan is to harness the energy of babies to finally put a man on the moon. And I said to the president of New Zealand, I said, girlfriend, you're so on. And I would say to Donald Trump, boyfriend, you chill. Thank you. <laughs> So, Tom, both of us watched the debates. Uh, we watched last night's and tonight's debates, the Democratic debates. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about it here on the show and then also talk about it on Patreon, but we're going to start talking about it here. Let's talk about the format. So what do you think about the format that they used? It was, if, if you're not familiar or you didn't watch, um, they had 10 people on the stage, um, two moderators or three moderators, depending on the phase of the game, which quarter it was, I guess. <laughs> and they would ask questions. Mostly, they really did point the questions, start the questions out on people that were leading in the polls. So the people that were in the more center of the stage were the people who were higher up in the polls. Right. And those people got more questions asked to them and also got responses where other people might not. They spent a lot less time on certain people, people that were on the far edges because they were people who were not a high up on the on the list. What do you think about this system? Uh so good. Yeah. And that it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, I do like the way that they structurally put the people on the fringe on the fringe. Absolutely. So yeah. that like they have no hope of moving into the main. Like it was just, I don't even know why they were there. If you're gonna do that, don't bother doing that. And I know that the argument is like, oh, we have to hear from a diversity of voices so the American people can hear all these things. But you know, at the same time, like we're already structurally making decisions about who's important and who's not. Yeah. And we're broadcasting that visually to people. So like, let's just be honest about it. Yeah. Like let's have, like the Republicans had like the big kid table and the little kid table when they did their clown car debate. Yeah. And now it's our time to have a clown car debate. Yeah. And let's be really clear. I mocked it when the Republicans had 17 candidates. We got 20. Yeah. And it's a fucking clown car. It absolutely is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And like, they don't all matter. They don't all matter. They can't, most of them cannot possibly win. Most of them should not be running. So we didn't even need to have two nights of debates structured like this where they just, oh, we just randomly did it. Like we just randomly assigned it. First like, off, the random assigning put fucking Elizabeth Warren in a the like weakest pool. Yeah. I will say this, like, like, you know, like if you compete in anything, like, you know, like let's say you, you play a magic tournament or whatever. Let's just say, like, I'll pick that sure. out of nowhere. You're playing a magic tournament and they put you with the the weakest guys in like your round robin area, and you could just walk the fuck right over them and get to the finals, right? And not be the strongest candidate, right? Like not be the person who had the strongest whatever, you know, whatever you were competing in. Same thing applies here. There was not a lot of fucking people on her side. There was one or two that were real powerhouses, but not as much as her, not clearly even close to her. No. And so she just shined in hers because she was the one who was, you know, the one that you expected to shine. Yeah. And I think she had an easy walk through her yeah. debate. The other one was way more stacked. The second one was way more stacked, but it also had, I think, you know, people on it that were far more forgettable than the other side. Um, but I want to talk about the the, uh, the the structure of it. It's not a debate. No. You know, they call it a debate. A debate is I say something, you say 
uh, and they, they ask us both a question and then we may disagree or agree on it, but then we give our stances on those things and then we talk about it. You and I have a sort of talk. There's no talking between, no. mostly no talking between people at all. Instead, it's really just a chance for them to be a commercial. I get a chance to tell you what my issues are. If you didn't go to my website and figure it out, here's my chance for Buttigieg to tell you what he thinks about X. Right. And so it's not a debate. It's just sort of, a bunch of things you're saying about your own campaign. Yeah. And I, it just doesn't feel, it feels disingenuous when they call it a debate. Now, later on, when they start whittling down the field, it will be a debate, but it's not yet. Yeah, I don't know what this experience is. It's fucking weird. Yeah. <clears throat> you watch it and the whole thing is kind of weird and it's two hours long. Yeah. And it, it's it's a tough two hours to watch. Yeah. Like, it, like after a while, it's just a bunch of repetitive, yeah. bland, talking points. It's all, I will say 80% of it is platitudes. 80% of it is platitudes. So many of these people, you're you're like, I would make a better candidate. Yeah. I, me, Yeah, I would make a better candidate. I want to say too, I don't feel like these people have enough time up there. You know, I know it's an hour and 20, it's an hour and 20 minutes, but they're not giving away that time evenly. And you also cede a lot of time to the people who are asking the questions because these questions are long. They're not asking simple, easy questions. They're asking long questions. These are, you know, there's there's a lot into that goes into these and they give a lot of background. So these questions are very long. So the, the moderators take up a lot of time. I just feel like when I watch it, I'm like, I feel like some of these people don't get a lot of time at all. And, you know, of course they're favoring people. One of the things that I noticed yesterday was some people, and it happened today too, some people get to talk when they interrupt and other people don't. Yeah. And they really just get to decide who does that. And some people get shut down when that happens and other people don't get shut down. And that's just the, that's just what the moderators get to decide on the moment. And again, I don't feel like that's terribly fair. Yeah, I, I don't, but I guess I like, because it can't be fair with it can't 20 be. people. It can't be, yeah. It's like, let's stop the pretense. Like, let's take the people that actually are polling in the top five, put them in a room, and let's pay more attention to the people who are polling in the top five because that's who, let's be real, like that's who's likely to win or top six or top seven. We have 20 to choose from, right? And then everybody else goes in another corner and then like actually do it kind of like a tournament. You know, like you, if you're going to have 20 people do something and we're really trying to like, figure something out that might be important. Having a bunch of people stand there and like just constantly iterate their talking, their prepared talking points offers very little insight into who they are as a candidate. It offers very little insight into their solution set that they bring to the table. It's just structurally not the right thing. I think it would be interesting if you if you had like, if you hey, let's, let's have these people, you got 20 people, we're gonna have groups of five, four groups of five, we're going to declare a winner or three winners and they move on and they debate the next group and they debate the next group. Like, yeah, single like, limb tournament kind of, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Until we get down to a top three or four candidates. Yeah. Now that sounds interesting to me. I, I'm sure it's fraught with other problems, but that sounds kind of interesting to me. And in a tournament like that, somebody who is lesser known would have the ability to, if they performed well, move forward yeah. and get more airtime yeah. and get more exposure to those ideas. Because what's inevitably going to happen is all the people who got little airtime, like Yang, Yang got very little airtime. So he's, for a lot of people, going to like fall off their memory. Yeah. You know, they're going to be like, oh, we didn't. I didn't see him a lot. I didn't hear from him a lot. I liked a couple of his ideas. 
I don't know where he stands on most things because I didn't never get asked, a lot Cole, of They never asked him. Yeah, they never asked right. him. Yeah. It's not his fault. Yeah. I didn't get exposed to him for very long, so he's just going to fall out of our memory. There's 20 people to try to remember. Yeah. I don't remember them all. I'll tell you right now, if you ask me name all 20 of them, we've been talking about this most of the night. I could not name all 20 of them. Yeah, I probably could name maybe 15 of them. Yeah. But yeah, like, I don't know. I, I would have a hard time. There was a, there, I, I, when you came in today... I had forgotten somebody from yesterday. Yeah. I don't know all just, the reindeer. Yeah, because it's it's tough. Yeah. yeah. It's I don't know all the dwarves, yeah. man. Like yeah. I have to sing a song to figure it out. Yeah. I There's to, 20 people. I have to sing a song to remember the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes down to the questions that they asked, do you think that, um, you know, we'll get into some specific questions. I'm asking a more general idea here. What do you think about the range of questions that they asked? And do you think that there was a distinct advantage on the second night instead of being on in the first night, like they had mentioned at the beginning of the second debate? Oh my God. There's, yeah, there's always an advantage when you can see how something is structured and we can get a sense of the questions that are going to be asked, the direction the moderators are going to take it. But it's, it's an advantage only over the first night candidates. It's yeah. not an advantage over the other, other people, people that, that are with you. Right. Because yeah. they also had the same sort of Everybody extra has that time. same advantage, yeah. So it will be interesting to see how the people from the second night fare against the people from the first night when and if that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, ever shakes yeah. out. So I did think that by and large, the questions were decent. I thought the questions were largely substantive and I thought they focused on and around the issues that, you know, are really kind of driving the the left right now. Yeah. So I was happy with the the questions. I was happy with the moderating too. Like I thought the moderators they did the best for they the could. Most part, they did the best they could. It's yeah, tough. It's they herded the cats. They they really did. And it was a difficult place to be because those people were, you know, there's a fine line you have to walk. And I will mention this. I think women have a harder time of it. Um it's a fine line you have to walk to being forceful but not being too forceful. It's a very fine line. And I think women have it harder than men do. I think men, it's easier for them to be a little, they have a little, their, their, their margin of error is less. Yeah, they're granted more they're leeway. They're granted more leeway either way. Right. Women are not granted as much leeway. Right. Um, and so it, it's harder for women to walk that line. But I think that the couple women who did it um, did a good enough job of it to not feel like they were being too overbearing and distasteful. And that I think is good. It's a good thing that that was, that that was the case. Um, but it, you're, it's just, it's just the nature of it. It's just the nature of how the women are going to have a harder time in general in this, in this, in this whole thing, because women are judged not just by what they have to say, but they're also way more judged on their demeanor than men are. Right. It's just it's just what's going to happen. It's just the way society oh, yeah. is doing it. And it's it's right. it's not fair. It's yeah. not fair at all. I'm, I I don't want to to make it seem like I I'm for it or I like that. You know, like oh well, that's just the way it is. You know, like but I'm I am saying like it's something that people have to be aware of. And hopefully, if you hear me say this, you'll be more aware of it yourself and try to stop yourself from doing it too. To, you know, the more we stop ourselves from doing it or calling people out for doing it, the better off we're all going to be. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting because it's that sort of difficult to define quantity um, or quality, I should say, when, when anybody does it, when anybody goes over time, interrupts, is forceful, what feels overbearing and aggressive versus what feels um, assertive. Yeah. And like, 
And everybody's tolerance for that is different. Everybody's like reaction to that is different. Um, so I, I think, you know, by and large, I was really looking for candidates to do some of that. Candidates that didn't do any of that, I found that distasteful. Candidates who were too uh, too meek, too polite, um, too rule followy. I was like, you're gonna get you're gonna get destroyed by Trump. You were like, this is a contest to see who wins. Yeah, like this is not a contest to see who's a good dinner guest. Sure. You know, a good dinner guest is not who I need in the White House, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I had to stop myself a couple of times from thinking, like, yikes, that's a bit much to, like, yeah, like, you you need to be aggressive. Sure. Like, this is an aggressive job. Sure. That's what this is. That's what's being required by this job. So, I have to, like, yeah. change my perception of what I like in a person yeah. versus what I think the getting the job will require. And it will, like... If you remember from the debates with Clinton, how horrifyingly aggressive and distasteful, I, I mean, at least for me, I found Trump to be aggressive and rude and insulting and distasteful. And he's our president. And he's our president. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's something to think about. So if you want to hear how our, how our take on any of the candidates, we're going to talk about all the candidates as much as we can. We're going to talk about the debates. If you want to hear any of that, follow us on the Patreon. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a show. Um, this should be almost a full episode that you'll be able to hear us talking about these candidates and about this debate. Um, we'd love to have you there. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash dissonance pod and become a patron today. We want to thank our patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons. We want to thank our newest patrons, Disestablishmentarianism, Elliot, Whitley Scuzz, Riley, and Sam. Thanks so much for your generous donations. It really does mean a lot to us. You are the reason Glory Hole Studios exists, and you're the reason we may have a fallback career if our careers fail. <laughs> <laughs> and my career may be failing. So just remember that you're the reason that I might be able to become a professional podcaster one day. So we got a message from Heather and Heather said uh, that there is a program um, that they came across during the 2018 midterms. It's called carpoolvote.com. It's a website that connects people that need help getting to their polling place with a driver willing to take them. So we will put a link on this week's show notes. I did not vet this site, but uh, but Heather says that this site exists and maybe we can, you know, people can get to the polls if they have a hard time getting to the polls. This might help you. We got a link to uh, this the show that you like, right? Isn't this a show you like? I like this, this show. These guys, what is this called? Good Mythical Morning. Good Mythical Morning. They they did a uh, a Jim Baker bucket test. I know the guys from Puzzle and the Thunderstorm did the same thing. They tasted Jim Baker foods, I guess, at one yeah. point. Um, we'll put a link on this week's show notes. Um, Good Mythical Morning did a Jim Baker puck, uh, bucket food eating. Um, I feel terrible for them. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for this week. Um, remember, if you want to hear our uh, our discussion about the debates, you can go to Patreon. Um, we are going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo-quasi-alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. 
Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.